Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. To worship you. A chance, Lord, to be together, to sing your praises, to sit around your table. A time to reflect on the year that we have had and the year that is upcoming. Lord, we ask that you would guide our hearts, our thoughts, our minds this morning. That we wouldn't get stuck in 2019, but we would look forward to 2020. That we wouldn't forget the victories of this year, but we would not rest on those either. Lord, we recognize your hand in our life. We realize that there are those today who are hurting. We realize, Lord, that you have brought us together to worship you. What an exciting moment this morning. Lord, we pray for those who maybe this is their first time here or just visiting. We pray, Lord, that you would speak into their lives as well. That you would use us as your vessel in our area. That your words would be powerful because you are a powerful and mighty God. That the words wouldn't just be letters in a book, but they would breathe life into us. That we might be vessels to go out from here and serve you in a powerful way. Lord, as we look at your word this morning, I pray it would be inspirational in our life. It would begin to change us in some small way that we could continue to change and grow closer to you, more sanctified, more righteous according to your will and your ideas. In your name we pray. Amen. The scripture this morning is out of Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 21. Not that I have already obtained all this, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do. Forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward. In Christ Jesus. All of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already obtained. Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters. And just as you have have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. For as I have often told you before, and I'll tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven. We eagerly await a Savior from there, and the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables Him to bring everything under His control, will transform our lowly bodies 
so that they will be like his glorious body. May God add his blessing as we prepare our hearts. Lord, may we open our hearts to receive your love. May you take that bitterness, the ugliness, the things of this world away from us. Give us your grace, your love, your abilities to care. May we, as, as we look at your word this morning, be reminded how great and mighty a God you are. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. <laughs> the herd, yeah, that's probably Lewis, yeah. So I've been here all morning. You guys were late today. Rude. So I got another, one other problem. Kenny's not here. I don't know what I'm going to do. Oh, but Veronica's here. She's. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, how was your Christmas? Very, all right. Very, and very busy, I assume. Mine was pretty busy. Hope all went well, and I hope. You found some time for peace and rest. So we've come to that moment where we come every year. The last Sunday of the year, we've finally finished our Thanksgiving holiday and our Christmas holiday. If you haven't noticed, since about the beginning of November, we've been partying, right? And I don't know if you notice, if you're much on social media, you'll find out real quick that the day after Christmas, it all changes. Because people are tired of holidays. And so the 26th of December, things are changing. People are now have shifted gears. I know people who have taken their tree down. We just got ours up last week, so we're going to leave it for a while. <laughs> people are taking their tree down. It's gone. Christmas is over. <laughs> Done. We're still trying to figure out, we're not having, just so you know, we're not having Christmas till February, so our tree will be up through February and probably almost to March. So if anybody feels like they, uh, uh, you know, got missing Christmas, stop over and you can visit and hang out with a Christmas tree. We'll turn the lights on every night. My kids aren't coming home until February, so that's why, uh, that's why we're doing it. Uh, so we always get to this spot in Christmas, Right? Right after Christmas, and we've all are about to make or have made or are making these New Year resolutions. You're not making any New Year's, except unless you're Veronica, she didn't make any New Year's resolutions. But a lot of people at this point have made a decision that they're not going to eat any more good sweets, right? The day after Christmas, they chucked everything in the garbage. They're not going to eat, they're not going to overeat. They're going to go on a diet, they're going to run for 10 miles and walk on the treadmill and all these crazy ideas that won't last very long. If you've ever been uh, to the Y on the day, 1st of January, it's chaos. It's packed. You can barely find a machine. Take heart if you're a Y member. It only lasts a couple weeks. <laughs> By the 1st of February, they're right back to doing the normal thing, right? 
So, but I do have a question. What did you accomplish in 2019? What was accomplished? What did you, this is when you talk back to me. <laughs> Wait, I got to tell you what Veronica just said. <laughs> Her kids are alive. <laughs> True story. And, <laughs> and so is Kenny. True story. That is a victory in itself. <laughs> you have protected them all. Good job, Veronica. What else did we, what did you accomplish in 2019? Hopefully come closer to God. Exactly. We're going to talk about that a bit. Nobody else accomplished any, wow. You guys, how many? 35 years of marriage. Married to Glenn. That was for Kim. That's my saint. That's my friend. I call her the saint. <laughs> 35. That's impressive. That's impressive in a world we live in uh, where over 50% of the population is divorced. So that's impressive. What else? What have you accomplished? I mean, you guys are either that, either you're not telling me or a whole bunch of underachievers. And I don't think that's the case. Amen. Yeah. 230. 233. 233, that's awesome. Loving, okay, loving our grandchildren. Zach graduated. That in itself. Yeah. We did. We found two. Hiding. Amy went back to, started back to school after 30 years. Not that she's been out of school for 30 years. But made new friends. Brian, what did you accomplish? I the Amen. <laughs> that may sound simple until you go up there and do it. I cannot do that job. And I'll tell you why. My ADHD, which is never, I don't really have it, but I think I have it when I go up there. I cannot keep concentrated long enough to click the thing in the right time. Brian, you are the right man for that job. I am not. So what has Greenfield accomplished this year? Grown? Okay. We hired Brentley? Yeah, that's on my list. Top of my list. We hired Brentley, and we still like him after three months. That's right. We'll work on the second part. Absolutely, yep, that was on my list. Car show, how, how many cars was it? It was packed. It was a lot of people here. Awesome. Lori, awesome VBS. That was on my list as well. We had an awesome VBS. Larger teens alive, that's right. You can't, you can't get much smaller than one. So we went, we went, we went big. We went 35. This. What else? The lock-in, yeah, that was in what, November, October? Yeah, okay. 60 kids were here for a lock-in. And I stayed all... Baptisms and membership, thank you. We had, and I didn't get the list, but I did see part of a list this morning. We had people who became members this year, those who were baptized. What's that? I'm sorry, one second. What's that, Beth? Oh. So, oh, oh yeah, we have a small a group of the younger kids on Wednesday night called Superheroes for Christ. I didn't catch the one in the back. 
The, the supplies for the Wattsburg School District again this year. That is an awesome uh, program. What else? Underground from 9th to 12th on Sunday afternoon. New program. Hmm. Uh, healing journey. 16 women are uh, going to that for this year. I say this year and last year. 176 years of serving God. Think about that for a moment. That just boggles my mind. It boggles my mind that God would allow us to be involved in his work for so long. I don't know what it looked like then, but it intrigues me to think about how God's people worked back then and how they work now. It wasn't a bad year, was it? I was going to tell you about all the good things that happened in the world, but I couldn't find any. So <laughs> There were good things that happened in the world. I just quickly got cynical as I looked through all the trash that was in the process of trying to find those. So the question is, how do we prepare for 2020? How do, we, how do you plan to prepare to be successful? And let's talk about spiritual things for a moment. How do you plan to prepare to be uh, stronger spiritually in 2020 than you were in 2019? Did you catch that? Don't merely hear the word. Do what it says. Surrender. Surrender. <laughs> Whether it's a chicken wing or not, right? <laughs> what else? What else are you going to do spiritually? How are you going to grow spiritually? What's that? More involved in the church? Memorization, Chrissy? Continue to read. You've been reading through for a while, right? She's been reading, Chrissy is up in the balcony, she's been reading through the Bible, and she's going to continue to work through that. Well, see, here's the problem. If you don't make a plan, you'll definitely accomplish what you planned, right? If you don't make a plan to grow spiritually, you already accomplished it. I'll do what I did last year, and that was the year that I did the year before, and what I did the year before, and what I... If we don't begin to prepare for 2020, we are not going to be any different than we were in 2019. And I'm positive that is not what God wants for us. The first thing I want to encourage you that the scripture talks about, and this is going to be a... So it, I titled this one, Don't Rest on Your Laurels. Does anybody know what, a, what, you're, what that's about? Okay. It's about the prize given at the end of the race. That's what Anthony, the, the crown. The laurels were these. That was the wreath for the person who won. When you won the race, you got the wreath. So resting on your laurels meant you rested on the last win you had and you no longer tried because you have already were a winner. You rested on those laurels. You became complacent or satisfied with your Christian walk. I challenge you as a church to show me where retirement fits into God's plan. 
In fact, I would, challenge, I would go so far to say is that our Christian walk doesn't have a retirement plan. It does have a great death benefit, though. Right? More often than not, I've heard, I've heard come out of people's mouths. I did my thing. It's now, now it's time for the next generation to step up and be counted. I absolutely believe they need to step up and be counted, but we never retire from God's plan in our life. It's not okay to rest on our laurels. It's not okay to sit back and say, I've, I got enough. Just give me enough. I got enough. Paul is telling the uh, Philippians, it's not okay to just be okay. And this is what he tells them just before the passage we listened to this morning. It says, if anyone has a reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day, the people of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, the Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. I got it going on, Paul says, right? I'm top notch. If there's anybody that's going to rest on their laurels, Paul's like, if there's anybody that could rest on their laurels and what they already done, it's me. And this is what he says. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Whatever gain I had, I count as loss for the sake of Christ. We need to continue to work on our faith walk. We will not find perfection on this side of heaven. You know that, right? That means unless you think you're perfect, you're not going to find that perfection. And if you think you're perfect, then we have a problem. Because we're not going to get there. You know how we like to do this. That's, uh, this is how we like to think of our perfection, do we not? I'm the apple and you all is the orange, right? And we forget that it's not me doing better than you or you doing better than me or you finding someone who doesn't walk their faith like you do or not as well as you do. It's about continuing to strive for God's plan in our life. Continuing to move in that direction. Continuing to grow in our faith. See, there's really another piece of that as well. Paul says uh, in that passage, he says, this is who I was and now I'm who I am. And the people in Philippi knew who Paul was. Do you remember who Paul was? Paul was bad news. Paul was bad news. He may have been uh, this good guy with all the credentials, but you know what he did with all those credentials? He chased down Christians. He went to the government and he said, hey, I need this piece of paper. I need this piece of paper so I'm okay to go chase Christians and to take them out. Paul knew who he was before God came into his life. He was bad news. 
He was bad news in that he attacked anyone who didn't follow his belief. And he said, still, I am as bad as I was. God still loves me. And none of you as in are bad enough that God can't cover that. His background was a mess. But guess what? God spared him. And we see that in Acts 22. I don't know about you, and I don't know what your year was like, right? There's however many people here, and every one of us had a different year, 2019. Some of us had great years. Best year of my life. Some of us had terrible years. Worst year of my life. You know the cool part? doesn't matter where they were. God can still work in the worst ones, and He can work in the best ones. He wants to continue to work in your life. He wants you to be closer to Him in your life. Second part of that scripture says, I do one thing, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. Think about that for a moment. How easy or hard would it be to drive your car in reverse looking through the rearview mirror? Think you can do 70 down the throughway? Not for long, yeah, not for long. You, you might be able to do it, but not for long. I doubt you could get to 70 doing it. So why do we do it in our lives? Why do we get so hung up on our past that we can't look forward? Why do we get so hung up on the things that we did as teenagers, as young people, the mistakes that we've made, that we can't look forward and see how God has changed us and will continue to change us? Paul says, listen, I know what I was. I was bad news. But I'm straining towards Looking forward. I promise you one thing. You can do nothing. Nothing about what has happened in the past. Nothing. You can feel bad about it all you want. But you can do nothing to change what has happened. Our goal is to learn and move on. Right? Straining to look forward. Straining to look forward instead of looking back. We have to forget what is behind us because we can't change any of those things that we've done. We can't change any of those ways that we've acted, the things that have come out of our mouths, the way we've responded to other people. We can't change any of that. We can only look forward and move forward. And in our Christian walk, I think this is where we get stuck a lot. We get hung up on the fact that we did so many things that were wrong before. And we're stuck there. We're stuck looking in the rearview mirror, and we can't go forward because we're stuck going backwards. We lose sight of what it is that is in front of us. I'll tell you about this guy. 
guy's name is Cliff Young. 61 years old, potato farmer and rancher in Australia. 1983, Cliff decided to enter the uh, Westfield Ultra Marathon in Australia. It goes from Melbourne, Australia to Sydney, Australia. Any guess how, how long that is? 544 miles. 544 miles. Top 150 uh, athletes in the world were there, met there, and they laughed at Cliff. Cliff got his little number just like everybody else. 150 of the best chiseled, most exercised, uh, ready-to-roll people were going to run this ultra-marathon, 544 miles. The gun goes off. <laughs> what do you think happens? They start running. 150 of them are running. Guess who's last? Cliff. You want to know why Cliff's last? Cliff, had, Cliff did this. You can look it on YouTube. I, I practice. I watch it on YouTube. Watch. They call it the Cliff Young Shuffle. For real. This is, not, this is 1983. Cliff's, Cliff's so far behind, he doesn't even know what day it is. First day. Cliff is, they blew him away. Take off. But it's 544 miles. Here's how it works. Up until that day, people would run for 16 hours a day. And then they would sleep. Yeah, is it 18 hours a day. They would run for 18 hours a day and sleep for 6 hours a day. And it would take them 7 days to do this run. So they would run as far as they could for 18 hours, sleep, run, and it would take them about seven days to run this race. Well, you see, Cliff didn't know that. And Cliff's background as a potato farmer and a sheep, he had 2,000 sheep on 2,000 acres. And here's what Cliff's job was as he had grown up. Cliff's job was to do what the dogs normally did, which was to round up the sheep. Anytime there was a storm, Cliff would go out and he would round up all the sheep to make sure they were protected from the weather. Cliff would go two or three days and be away from home as he rounded up all the sheep. Kind of crazy, huh? He said, we didn't have four-wheelers, we didn't have any money for that. And I just did it, and he would do the Cliff Shuffle. There's video, I'm telling you, there's video. You can watch it. Mind you, Cliff, you see those galoshes? He literally started the race like that. And they mocked him. But Cliff knew he could go two or three days without stopping. So he didn't stop. He just kept running. It was bad enough that people who watched the race feared for his life so much they asked the race organizers, uh, organizers to ask him, make him stop so he didn't die. Phil, or Phil, Cliff, I don't know why I got Phil. Cliff kept running and running 
and running. And I bet you know what happened. He beat the number one guy by how long? How much do you think? Nine hours. He beat the, la- the record from the year before by two days. Two days. 61 years old. Did not train for this, except in practical experience running around his ranch. They made fun of him until he won. And he, and he went 544 miles in five days, 15 hours, and four minutes. And he beat the next closest guy by nine hours. And they said, Cliff, how did you do it? You didn't spend the last 10 years of your life uh, preparing. And How would you prepare for a 500-mile race? That's just ridiculous to even think about. He said, you know what I did? He said, as I ran, I just ran. I, I believed that there was a storm out in front of me and that I needed to get to my sheep. And he said, I just kept running. He said, I just... I just kept having this image that there was a storm and then the sheep were out in front of me and I needed to just keep going and keep going. He crushed it. So much so that these ultra marathoners then begin to study Cliff's shuffle. <laughs> For real. They, they, took, they took these people, these engineers and science people, they began to look, what is that? Why does it work? And here it was, his shuffle was so energy efficient that people have now begun to, they, they've actually used it to win other ultra marathons. Because, and Cliff just did it because he just, that's the way he ran. Cliff's focus continued to be forward, forward, forward. He wouldn't have gone very far had he looked backwards. It would have been a difficult uh, run going like this. He would have probably tripped over something. His focus continued to be forward. And I'll ask you, is your focus, as you go into 2020, pointing forward? Finally, membership has its privileges. Now, if you're old like me, you'll remember that that was a tagline. Uh, Does anybody remember what the tagline was from? American Express from the 80s. So those of you who have answered (laughs) or know, you know we were uh, growing up in the 80s. Membership has its privileges. Paul reminds the members, those who he talked to in Philippi, but our citizenship is in heaven and we eagerly await a Savior there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by His power enables to, uh, to bring under control and will transform our lowly bodies so that we will be like his glorious body. Our citizenship is in heaven. It's not here. Oh, that's the, if you didn't remember American Express. Does anybody know what that sign means? Or what it's called? Ichthus, yes, thank you. You know what it was for? They, well, part of it they marked in the sand. So um, during the 
second and third century, Christians were walking, were being persecuted by the Roman government. And so what people would do is they had uh, their shepherd's thing, and they would, they would make half of that circle. And if the other person made the other half, they knew they were Christians. And this identified, this, uh, this symbol identified Christians. Uh, it would be on buildings, so people knew where the Christians were. Because they were persecuted, so they didn't go around saying, hey, uh, this is who I am. They shared that. Their membership uh, was in eternity with Christ. And if you're not a believer in Jesus this morning, you would like to be that member and have that membership because our citizenship is in heaven and our membership has privileges and the privileges is eternity for one. And also a life that we live different today because of it. Is it not? Our faith allows us to live life with hope. And if you're here today without hope, I want to encourage you that Jesus gives you hope. Hope in a dark day, hope in a hard time. It doesn't make the dark day go away. It doesn't make the hard time uh, gone. But he gives us a different perspective, a perspective of hope. If you don't know this Jesus, I'd like to encourage you. This morning, I'd love to spend some time talking to you about that. Let's pray. Lord God, we come to you this morning. We are thankful to be together. Thankful, Lord, that you are a great and mighty God. Thankful that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross, that he lived this perfect life, Lord, as we sat around the table. We're reminded that his sacrifice was sufficient. One drop of blood, his body broken, that we might have eternity. Lord, we are blessed people. A blessed people who have eternity in front of us and a hope to continue to move forward. Lord God, we thank you that you continue to love us, that you've never turned your back on us. We are loved by you. In your name we pray. Amen.